0: When we see someone who has some power choose to use that power uh, on behalf of another who doesn't, it moves our hearts. When we see generosity, selflessness, benevolence, it touches us, and it does that for a reason. It moves us because we were made to do good. Do you know that? God made us, every one of us, to be people who contribute in the world around us where there is need to go and meet it, where there is pain to do what we can to heal it, where there is hunger to to offer food, and where there is thirst to give the water that we ourselves have and can give, we know that God makes us for good because the gospel tells us so. Here, listen carefully. You are saved by God's grace and not your good deeds. That is the gift at the heart of the gospel. Listen to this too. You are saved by God for good deeds. This is the task at the heart of the gospel. When someone's heart is open and and they receive the whole gospel, they receive not only a gift, but also a task. The gospel always includes both And that is why it moves us when we hear that God loves us freely. And let me say it to you, God loves you freely. No strings attached whatsoever. He made you, and he's dedicated to you, and he loves you. It's also why it moves us when we see someone who has received God's love choosing to do good for others in the world. Because we know deep down inside that's what we were made for too. That's what we were saved for. God did not save us so we would sit back and be comfortable for the rest of our lives until we get to go off to heaven. But he saved us so we ourselves could become his agents of good deeds in the world right Now, and that is why seeing those faces and hearing those stories moves you like it does. Let's take some time in the scripture to see both sides of the gospel. If you have a Bible, open to Ephesians. In the second chapter of Ephesians, the gospel is described with both sides in a very concise way. Starting in verse eight, we hear first of all about the gift of the gospel. Listen, this is verse eight. For by grace... You have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. The gospel announces that a gift has been given, not a payment that was deserved, but a gift. Salvation has been accomplished for you by God's grace. God, with his own power, has delivered you from one kind of existence into another kind of existence now. And forever. You were dead in your trespasses and the sins in which you once walked, but God who is rich in mercy and full of love for you has made you alive. That's salvation. That's the announcement that comes to us in the gospel. You were imprisoned. You are bound to disobedience, but God opened the door and he has freed you. You were lost. God has come and and found you. You were mired in guilt and shame, but now forgiveness has come. And God himself has made you innocent and free to hold your head high. This is the gift that the gospel promises by grace through faith. Now listen, let's pause on that word for a minute, faith. It's not, first of all, just an act of your mind saying that you believe things that are hard to believe. It is the decision to trust Jesus. To look at yourself and say, I am not worthy of my trust. Can anyone in here say that this morning? If I put my trust in myself, I just stumble and fall happens all the time. But now I'm invited to put all my trust into Jesus' hands. And when I do that, then the gift that comes to me is salvation. And that is the gift of the gospel. Look at verse 9. It says this, it's not the result of works so that no one may boast. The person who's proud of how good they've been and goes on behaving as if they've made themselves lovable to God, is far away from God. But the one who can look and say, no, none of my deeds warranted God's grace. I was not saved because I did good things. That's the one who's open to receive the gift. But now listen, the gospel is a gift, and you heard me say it again, a task. The fact that we are not saved by good works does not mean that it doesn't matter what we do, because we are saved for good works. It's very plainly put in what Paul writes next. And and take this to heart. Okay, listen, you are not saved by good deeds, but you are saved for good deeds. This is the truth. If you are a Christian who said, I've trusted, but life has felt flat. God feels distant. There's not much of an adventure in this faith of mine. I would suggest that perhaps it's because you've not yet discovered the good works which God had in mind when he saved you. And only when you do will you come alive. And God wants you to come alive like everyone you saw there speaking is alive because they're serving. Here's how it's put in verse 10. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Here is a statement about what you were made for. You are God's handiwork. That beginning phrase there which says, we are what he has made us. The word used there in Greek is a word that was used to describe the produce of an artisan. What what an artisan made. Carefully and intentionally designed and crafted for something good and on purpose. Before you existed, God had some good work in mind that the world needed. The world needs good works, don't you think? God had that work in mind and then he designed you specifically to meet that good need, to do it, to do that good work that only you could do because he made you just that way. And, and, and that is how God designed and crafted you. Uh, he, he, he decided before you were even made that this would be the way of life in which you would live truly because you were walking in the good deeds that he made you to walk in. In Jesus Christ, look again, it says, you were created for good deeds works could it be any less ambiguous you were made you were saved to do good now the way a person comes to life according to the gospel is to trust jesus and receive the gift and then go on trusting jesus and take up the task this church that we're a part of uh, renaissance church Uh, is a church that I'm so thankful I get to be a part of. I didn't say this. If you're new this morning, my name is Christian and I'm the lead pastor of this church. And it is such a gift for me to be the pastor here. I'm so grateful for it. Believing this gospel, the gift and the task. Uh, The leadership in this church landed a few years back on a very clear mission of what our church would be about. And it is a mission that's taking shape around this understanding of the gospel. Here it is. Our goal is to, to build up disciples who invite and inspire others to love and serve Jesus together. That's the current mission of the church that you're in this morning. This is what we exist for. The disciple is first of all the woman who believes that God loves her and believing that truth that God is love for her, then she awakens to that by loving Jesus. And that's why you see that in there. The mission is here to build disciples who love Jesus. And as soon as someone loves Jesus, immediately that person is awakened to the task that comes with his love which is to serve others in the world and that's why you see that to love and serve jesus and no one's meant to do that by themselves we do that together some of you have tried to serve all by yourself it's a grind but when you get involved with a group of people who are serving with others then life comes wouldn't you say you can see it and you know it when you hear those folks on on that screen speak always it's in relationship that they're built up whenever a person is growing to love Jesus and serving others. When that happens, it's inspiring to the people around them. And inviting also. People see it and they want to be a part of it. And what we want in Renaissance Church is to love and serve Jesus in a way that invites and inspires others not to want to know what's so great about our church, but rather to know the Lord who it is who gives us both the gift and the task. We want people to know Jesus. We want them to meet Jesus and come to life in him and receive the gift, which always also has the task. Now, this is where Ren Cares comes in. And this Sunday, we we specifically decided as staff to say, let's give this whole Sunday to focusing on this particular mission within our church for a reason. Ren Cares provides the framework that is absolutely crucial for our mission by enabling people to serve. There are 12 initiatives. You heard that. Not all 12 of them even showed up in that video that we are invested in as a church so that we can give folks who have received the gift a, a way to begin to execute on the task. Each one offering the disciple who is growing to love Jesus, a way to serve others in the world in practical ways that meet the real needs that people have in the world. Because we believe in this as a church, and because the leadership and the elders believe this is the right way to become disciples who are growing, we have dedicated 10% of all the money that's given to this church to Ren Care's initiatives. And this year, that's $138,000 so far this year. Ooh. (laughs) I feel very happy about that. I genuinely do. It's so good. Um, we, We ask folks who are a part of this church to give here because we believe that a disciple is someone who trusts God with everything, including his money, including her finances. And then as a church, we want to do the same thing. We want to say, what's our budget and what do we need? Right off the top, 10% of what we have is gonna to go to give away, not for the things that we need in this space because we, we genuinely trust this is how God is calling us to be people who receive the gospel through the gifts of those who choose to give finances and then also to do good uh, because they've been delivered by God's grace. Then we joyfully experience and express the gospel in the world. This Sunday is set apart not just to tell you about what's happening in Rencares, but to inspire you to get involved. I'm trying my best to do that. Can you tell? <laughs> and, and I'll say why. Uh, because I want to see good things happen for others in the world. I do. When I heard that woman talking about that little boy whose life was so moved by this truck, none of us in here will meet him. But to inspire a child in that way is such a good thing. It moves my heart. My family did Christmas for kids this year and we walked around in the Target and our children loved each one getting a shopping list and and being able to choose gifts out for someone else. And I thought as a parent, I'm teaching my children the gift of generosity. Uh, So when you help, it helps you. And I want both sides. I want our church to be useful for others in the world. And I want you to grow as a disciple and you grow as a disciple when you serve. And so here, I have three challenges to give you this morning, and they're, they're very direct and pointed, and, and I mean to push you this morning. Uh, some, some mornings I want to support and encourage you. Last week, as we talked about grief, I wanted just to support and encourage you. Today, I'm shoving you. <laughs> My first challenge is this. It's to choose to get involved and serve. Look with me at this guidance from the Bible. This is from 1 Peter, an apostle who lived uh, and, and with Jesus and loved Jesus. L- listen to this. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. The guidance from Peter, it follows a very, Simple line of reasoning. The first assumption here is that each and every one of you has received a gift. And the Bible teaches us that there is not one of you who is not gifted by God. Every single one of you Jesus himself has has given you a gift, a skill, an ability, something that is unique to you that is useful in the world around you. That is here. God's grace is manifold. That word means many shaped or many formed. It does not just take one Form And and that's a mistake that Christian communities uh, sometimes make, uh, making it appear as if only certain gifts are the ones that come from God. No, it's manifold. It's many different forms. In some people, God's gifts will look like leadership. In others, it will look like hospitality. Some will have the gift of healing through God's power and spirit. Some will have spiritual insight that comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit within them. Others will have the gift of generosity or teaching or simply helping others. Encouragement is a gift of the Holy Spirit. So is being quiet and opening your ears and listening. Everyone has a gift. Here's the second assumption here with Peter is that whatever gift you've received, whatever it is, it comes with a responsibility to the one who gave it. You are responsible to God who has given you a gift. And the way that you receive responsibly is choose to serve responsibly with that gift and look at those words again like good stewards that greek word steward literally means house servant in the centuries in which these letters were written when a wealthy landowner had too much property to manage he actually hired a steward and that person was an employee responsible for making sure everything that belonged to that master was used in the right way. That is, it was distributed whether it was wages or food or the assets of the estate in a manner that matched the desires of the master. This is how you should relate to every gift that you have. You should look at it and trust that this is a gift which Master Jesus has entrusted me with and your responsibility is to use that gift in a way that fits with Jesus' values. A good steward serves the Master by faithfully employing the Master's resources. Now I'm challenging you to see yourself as the steward of the manifold grace of God in whatever form it's taken in you and that means to get involved in serving others with the gifts that He has entrusted you with. Now, let this be personal for you. If you have wealth and the gift of generosity, then give liberally. If you have the gift of hospitality and a recipe that no one else has, (laughs) invite someone over and let them sit at your table and enjoy the spiritual gift that God has given you. Do you know there are people in this church who've done that for me and my family? My mouth is watering right now. Those meatballs. (laughs) mm. And listen, this might sound silly. It's not. A spiritual gift is in your way of turning that material into something delightful that nourishes the body and encourages the spirit. There are families who are hungry, and then people from our church bring food to them. Or someone's going through a really hard time with a, a loved one who's in treatment and a meal appears or a new baby has been born in it's crazy town. If you have the gift of empathy, serve on a team that helps people through grief. Whatever gift you have, use it to serve. I know there are a lot of people in this room right now who are already serving. Thank you. Keep, keep at it. If you're not I hope this inspires you to maybe take a step forward and accept this first challenge to get involved in serving. If you do this, you will grow and God will use you to help other people. Here's my second challenge. It's very different. Receive. Help can only be given when the person who needs it chooses to receive it. And right now, many of you need help that the Ren Cares programs can give. And my challenge to you is to connect and receive that help. Do you know that sometimes it's really hard to receive help when you're going through a hard time? When we heard about Rays of Hope, when a family member is addicted, there can be so much shame attached to it that the person who's carrying that will not feel free to join in with others. And as a result, that person has to try to bear that grief alone. It's not possible. It's unbearable. And so I'm challenging you, if that's you, to receive. There are folks among us right now whose marriages have ended and they just don't know how to tell the other people who didn't know that was happening during the pandemic. And so now they're alone and alone. Or there are single parents here who struggle every day to manage their kids. Wasn't it freeing to hear Michelle speak about what it was like to be single and parenting in, in the video. Yeah. There are, there are many here who, who bear that weight all by themselves, or there are uh, many other needs that exist in this community, and, and for, for one reason or another, it's hard to say, I need. But right now, if, if you are in that place, my challenge is to receive and, and, and to accept the help that RenCare's Cares offers. Uh, during the pandemic, there were so many people who, who reached out to me and said, I have enough money, and I know there are others who don't have enough. Can you take it and make sure they get it? And it was hard to do that, even though there were needs. That's what this part of our ministry exists for. I want you to look at these words carefully with me from Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. This is a remarkable statement here. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Slow down on these words for a minute. We all have burdens, yes? And none of us are meant to carry them alone. It's implicit in this statement. I cannot bear your burdens unless you share your burdens. Do you see it? And since that rhymes, it's probably true. (laughs) The condition for my fulfilling the law of Christ is to have another person's burdens to carry I can't fulfill it unless I have that opportunity. And, and if you withhold your burdens from me forever then you prevent me from fulfilling the law of Christ I need you to share your burden and let me carry it so that I can do the same with you when I don't have uh, the ability to carry what I have I cannot obey Christ unless you receive my help so my second challenge to you all is when it's time you must receive so that the people around you can fulfill the law of Christ it's, and for your own good God wants you to share your burdens God does not not want you to be weighed down. Have you ever carried a heavy weight and then a voice in your head says, it must just be that God wants me to be miserable. And this is what life is like once you start to follow him. Has anyone ever felt that? I lived through some tough times believing that. There are challenges always in life, but the burdens are meant to be shared. That's who God is. Receive help. Get involved by letting the gifts given by Rencare serve you. Be open to what you can receive. If you do this, you will discover this. Please listen, that the people that you connect with are good for you, and here's the secret, you will also be good for them. You think, I'm just gonna burden them. Nonsense. You will be a delight to them. If you're carrying grief, and you go to the Grief Share group and talk about it, you'll help the people who are there. Do you know that? Happens like that because God's designed it that what blesses one, blesses all. Isn't God good? He's so good. All right, one last challenge. My third challenge to you is to invite. This only works. Uh, These opportunities only become realities when people like you invite others into what God is doing in our church. We're not out there advertising. Did you know that? Our sign out front's pretty minimal, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's on purpose. We don't want to try to sell anything here, but you need to invite people into what's happening because all around you are people who need the help which we are uniquely positioned to give because God has made it so. No one's ever invited them to come and receive, and that's the only reason why fewer folks are benefiting from the gifts that God has here. And so this is it. You, I'm challenging you to tell someone to come and receive from the initiatives that are underway here at Renaissance Church. Not just to let the person in your office who lost a loved one hear you say, I'm so sorry to hear that you have my sympathies and that's that. But instead to invite them to come to a grief share group where they can actually meet God's love in person through others who are also going through grief or, or that person, you know, who's struggling with a divorce at work to say to them, Hey, I don't know from experience, but from what I understand, it's such a massively ch- a challenging time you're in. There are others in this church that I'm a part of, and you don't have to go to the church at all. Just here, come to Divorce Share, or whatever group it is. Maybe you know someone who's always complaining about religion, because they like say religious people only care about themselves. They should care about the needs in the world. Then you need to tell them about Hope of Life here, and say, no, no, uh, this, this group is going down to Guatemala. Why don't you get involved and help there to serve the homeless in New York City, to cook a meal for a family who's in to add a group of children to their Christmas list without someone to invite people to get involved, it won't happen. And so, this third challenge is is, is mine to you because this is how God draws people to His help through ordinary folks who invite their friends. Look at these words from Second Corinthians. For each of these three challenges, I hope you notice I have a passage in Scripture that's meant to push you more than I could. Second Corinthians, verse five, uh, excuse me, chapter five, verse twenty, uh, reads. Like this, uh, we, so we are ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. Note, it is through us that God has chosen to make his appeal. Think for just a moment about whether you have moved forward in faith at certain times in life because a person who you knew made an appeal to you. Is that, has that happened to anyone else? It certainly happened to me. I wish it was only ever through great sermons that that happened but it's not so <laughs> too bad. You are the ones who God will use to make his appeal and he'll do that. He'll he'll make his appeal uh through you so that others can receive grace. Uh, now, maybe and and maybe even I'll say probably some of you are hearing about these initiatives that we saw in the video for the very first time this morning. Is that true? And so you're thinking I couldn't have invited someone to those and Now that the video has gone so quickly, I've forgotten the name. So uh, great third point, but I can't do it. Okay, I've got an answer for you. (laughs) We have 12 tables upstairs with people at them from the initiatives. And so when worship is done today, when we sing again, uh, and when we close up afterward, you're going to go upstairs and you're going to decide which one of uh, these challenges is the one for me to take this morning. Here, look at them again. Is it time for me to serve and get involved in one of those groups? Is it time for me to receive and put myself into one of those groups? Is it time for me to invite? Which one of these groups here am I going to invite someone else to? Uh, The gift of the gospel demands that you accept the task that comes with the gospel. We are what he has made us. We're saved by God's grace through faith so that we can be about the good works that God had in mind when he made us. What do you say? Shall we do this? Amen. Great. Let's pray together. God, thank you for this church that you have invited us to be a part of. I praise you. I love you for, uh, for moving the pathways of my life and my family's life so that we could become a part of Renaissance Church. I thank you for all the people who are on staff at this church, the people I get to work with. I thank you for the elders at this church who are working so hard at guiding us spiritually so we're faithful to you. I thank you for all of the folks who are at work in the initiatives that we've learned about today in Ren Cares. I pray that you would move in our hearts to invite, uh, to enable us to receive, uh, to, to move us into service so that more and more we're a community that is building disciples who love and serve Jesus together in a way that invites and inspires others. Thank you for the gift of this time together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.